The word legacy is often associated with planning your will. <laughs> When um, I was doing some research around legacy, it was so amazing to me how just the first whole front page of Google was about estate planning and who are you going to leave your money to and who's going to get what and stuff. I'm like, wow, legacy is so much bigger than that. So I started thinking about living legacy. How can we enjoy what we create, what we bring to the world through a living legacy? So it's not something that happens after we're gone. Certainly that's important, but it's more than that. Why can't we enjoy our living legacy? while we're here, you know, instead of only thinking about, well, once I'm gone, you know, I want to make sure that the grandkids get this and the kids get that. And I think a living legacy is an opportunity for each of us to actively participate in creating something that has meaning not only for ourselves, but for other people as well. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you with me today as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. I've got a wonderful guest, Mary Lou Kaiser, with me. We're going to be talking about legacy and playing your position primarily. Quickly, I want to let you know I am running my last round of my eight-week group coaching program. If you have wanted to do this program, you really want to jump on it now. You can go to CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash voice experience. I hope to work with you in that. It's a really great program where we will focus on getting you commanding the space and speaking with confidence. Really, all of it is from internal perspective. That's where we start. Sure, we work on the sounds that are actually going to be heard but it starts from inside. So I hope to work with you. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Mary Lou. I met her three years ago, about three years ago. I was on her podcast as a guest, the Play Your Position podcast, which is a very interesting name for a show. And that's what we started talking about. And there's so much goodness behind it around literally playing your position and the positions that we play and finding your purpose and leaving a legacy. I have wanted to have her come on the show for quite some time. And I think that timing is everything. And I certainly follow the downloads that I get on when to invite people on and who my people need to hear from next. And so I was delighted when I reached out and she said, yes, I will definitely come on the show. You are going to love this conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Mary Lou Kaiser is a keynote speaker, best-selling author, blogger, and the executive director of Kingfisher Media Publishing. She mentors and teaches strategic communications and branding to both individuals and corporate organizations, drawing upon her love of poetry and her own experiences with writing and self-publishing, 
Mary Lou has created a bespoke personal development framework that guides clients through some of the most common roadblocks to success, including moving past fear, uncertainty, indecision, and self-doubt. Mary Lou's work has helped thousands of people build brand equity, improve their communication skills, and differentiate themselves as leaders in a competitive, noisy marketplace. You can learn more about Mary Lou on her website, MaryLouKaiser.com. And we touch on, she does touch on at the end of the episode, that framework, and it is gold. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes to everything that we talk about, but get ready. You are in for a treat. Let's head on over to the show. Mary Lou, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Thank you so much, Tracy. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to be connected with you. And I know we got connected on LinkedIn. Gosh, I don't know where the time goes. We were, <laughs> we were, we were talking about this before we started. And I think it's been over three years and certainly have kept up with the work that you do. But it's, it's certainly, it's been on my radar to have you come on the show. And I think everything is a timing thing based on our conversation as we started today, I think this is the most perfect timing to have you come on. Well, again, I'm, I'm grateful that you invited me. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, so many things I wanna to talk to you about. I think you are such a wealth of wisdom in things that are not obvious. <laughs> and 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 I, and I, I like and I, that. <laughs> and, and I say that literally as a compliment, and it's it's so similar to my work. The work that I do is it seems to be about voice, but there's so much behind it that isn't obvious. And I think that you play in the world of you play in a pond of things that really matter. Not that everything can't matter. But certainly in relation to me and the people that I work with and the things that they're wanting to accomplish, mm. you have so much insight into things that maybe we're not thinking about or maybe we're not talking about all the time. So I want to talk about some of those things today, but I want to first talk about your podcast because that is where we met and then we were connected on LinkedIn and I bet you get questions constantly about how you came up with the concept <laughs> of play your position podcast. Yeah, I do. It's it, it, people are curious about that that name and the short story uh, around that is I love the game of football, of American football and have been a fan for many many years. I'm also a fan of living your life on your terms following your own path. And there is a term and it's not just in football, but it's in sports is to play your position that when you are a part of a team, or even if you're a solo athlete, like a cyclist, for example, or a tennis player, the mindset around playing your position is so essential to your performance, your presence, your overall experience with that part of your life. And you and I could both rattle off names of folks who made long careers in a particular sport. Well, one of the reasons why 
they lasted and have lasted as long as they do is because they played their position. Now, that's not to say that there isn't room for growth. And that's another area that I'm fascinated with. And I wanted to create a podcast way back in the old days of podcasting. I I mean, I'm in my 10th year, which is really staggering to me when I sit back and think, where did that time go? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Podcasting has, has become a thing. Everybody has a podcast now. Uh, Lots of famous people have jumped into the game. And I think it's because the medium and because of the work you do, Tracy, you understand this. There is just something so intimate about listening and hearing different voices, whether it's a performance like um, some of these fictional type podcasts where there's different characters, almost like you're listening to a play or like we're doing, having a conversation, which is the primary format that I use on my show. When I set out and I launched my show, I was really wanting to focus on showcasing the stories of what I call real leaders. And I use that loosely because anybody who's in a leadership role is a real leader. What I'm referring to is I wanted to hear how, I guess, regular folks going about their day who founded small businesses or were jumping into the digital space or were in tech or sports or arts or what education, how are they playing their positions as leaders in their lives and in their careers? And I, again, one of my goals from the very beginning was to feature people that weren't household names. And again, we, you and I, and and everybody listening today can think of some of those names, people that we see spread across the social media platforms, for example, or if you're a podcast listener, you know, you've you probably have your playlist, right? You, you go in there and go, oh yeah, there's that person again. Oh, there's that person again. And it's not that I'm against some of those people, Meryl Streep, if you're listening, <laughs> I would love to interview <laughs> Meryl Streep. You know what I'm saying? But um, coming around to your original question and bringing this in for a landing, playing your position is such an important part in, from my experience, to having a life that feels fulfilling, that um, leaves room for growth, because, you know, I'm... I've raised two children and launched them into the world. So my position as a mother has changed, but fundamentally the values that I have, and that's just one example of, of my life, right? Um, I'm, I'm still their mother, but my role and the position that I, I play within that sphere of parenting has evolved. And that's what I love so much about that metaphor. So it was a little bit of a longer answer than I anticipated, but that's how it came to be. I I loved that answer. And it actually made me think of a couple of things. It made me think of a couple of questions. And I'm curious to see what you say about this, but maybe, I don't think of myself as a pessimist, but maybe that, maybe this first thought was pessimistic. I thought, do we not play our position. Mm. I think some people don't. I yeah. think I think some people spend sometimes their entire lives avoiding 
mm-hmm. their their true position. It, it ties in with my podcast. So the first question I ask my guests is, tell us about the t- when you when did you get the call to leadership? And I think that awareness that comes, you know, from choosing that path, whether uh, you set out to do it or it was chosen for you through circumstance there every guest i've asked that question of has indicated a shift in awareness mm. there are people running around right now who have no self awareness whatsoever mm-hmm. they have they have there are so many layers of cultural expectation familial expectation um they're they're looking at at TikTok videos and and Instagram feeds and Facebook stuff and comparing themselves to all these people that they've connected with and at some level uh you know just burying their their heads in the sand about what they're really here to do, what position are they here to play? And again, it can come, that calling can come at a young age. I've had guests who talked about knowing at age four, what their Mm. life path was going to be, what their calling really was, what their position in life is. And then I've had guests who were much older and it, it took a lot of sometimes trauma or, uh, hits and misses, Um, I just interviewed a man who right out of high school became an airline pilot and then realized this isn't for me. I I went into this for the wrong reason. He felt like he was playing out of position. The key for him was he didn't just stick with it because it came with all the perks and it was cool to say, I'm an airline pilot. And he openly talks about that's one of the reasons he chose that because it was a cool position for him to play, even though deep down inside, that's not what, that's not who he really was. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who pick a path, a position in life because somebody somewhere influenced them and they just never sat back and said, is this really what I want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Wow. So powerful. And I think this, I don't know if you see this, but I feel like, and maybe I'm just tuned into it more right now because of my incredible quest on nuances around authenticity in voices right now. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there is almost you would have you would be the one that would have much more visual data and experience on this but i feel like we're spiraling out of control on not serving our purpose mm. i i see that i i have this new saying that we why are we coming into the world authentic and leaving as a duplicate oh wow that's that's powerful and i think you you really were talking about that when oh, I see this one on TikTok videos and I see this one has success over here. That's my data from a voice perspective. When we're copying, we're we're not going to be able to build the business that we want or life that we want. And I think this this plays into it. 
why are we for the and 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 many people are playing their position clearly but why are we afraid to play our position and what does it take to get us to to make that leap mm. well i mean i can't speak for anybody but myself um I mean, certainly I could draw on conversations I've had on my podcast and what different people have said, but um, I feel fortunate because I I was one of those people who knew from a very young, young age what path I wanted to pursue. Now, what's interesting is I'm kind of still on that path, but it looks very, very different than what I I think at one time I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew at age five that I wanted to be two things when I grew up. I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to be a teacher. And I I did both of those. I'm mm. still doing them. I'm just doing them differently. Um, teaching for me when I was five was going into the public school system, like my father, like my favorite teachers in growing up, going through school. They, you know, I had teachers. And again, I'm sure there are people listening who can think of wonderful teachers you had throughout your career who were influential in helping you figure out what position to play, right? And so um, what's interesting is when I got to about age, let's see, um, I was in my 40s when I realized I didn't want to be on that path. Now, I did did teach in the public school system. I was a high school English teacher for one iteration of my career. And I absolutely loved it. Some of the best memories of my life are from that, that time. And then I became a parent twice (laughs) during that (laughs) tenure. And I, then I wanted to be a mom who stayed at home. And then because of different circumstances, I ended up uh, going back into education only this time I went into higher ed and I worked for uh, several years in um, a two year accredited college that gave out associate's degrees. And that was great. And then I was being called to pursue other things. And then the internet hit the second wave, not the dot-com boom and then bust, but the second wave around the time that Google and the iPhone and, and Facebook and all these things that we now take for granted and are so integrated into our world um, really were coming of age. I mean, Tracy, you and I lived through that revolution and mm-hmm. it is remarkable here in 2023 to look back and say, you know, it was only 15 years ago, yeah. you know, when we we were dealing with the recession, we were dealing with this uh, rise of social media, which many people claimed was going to be a fad and had no relevance whatsoever to anything. And 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 because of the rate of change, I think this plays into what you're seeing is that we ha- we we carry around a phone in our pocket, which is a portal to the entire world through platforms like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and it's very easy to get sucked into those ecosystems and be so distracted by the constant just barrage of images and videos and voices and blingy here and da, da, da. I don't know how parents today are drawing the boundaries around how much time a child can be on these these platforms because of what you're getting at. It's there isn't um 
it's like you could see a 65 year old man talking about the effects of PTSD in a three second video. And then the next one you're seeing a 12 year old girl who's uh, just earned her first badge and then everything in between mm -hmm. all in, in one sitting. How on earth can you make sense of where you fit into that? Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> like yeah. we've technology has in some ways removed the natural evolution of stages of our lives because we, we are exposed to every stage now all at once. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And I certainly don't want to harp on social media because mm -mm. there's so much of this technology and all these things. I can be even having this conversation with you, right. but the data that is coming out and I start, I have a child of that generation. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the eight track player and, and that was great. <laughs> you know, Mary Lou, that, that giant purse size cell phone that we would sit, you know, right, the carry brick. around. Yeah. And and there was merit to that and there's merit to this. It's all about so many things, but yeah. I think so much of it is about working from a foundation of rock versus a foundation of sand because mm -hmm. our, and to, to circle it back to position, because our position, our purpose is purpose. And I do think it needs to be malleable as far as it it morphs and changes, just like you're talking about. You've gone through these phases, but you were still on the path. You know, I was, didn't start as a voice coach. I didn't want to be a voice coach. I knew that was my purpose, but the whole thing morphed and changed. And I think we have to be malleable, but I also think we still have to look inside to find that rather than outside I to, fi to find our purpose because that purpose, and this is, this is, I'm going to segue this into one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about our purpose and, and how we, how we navigate that position plays into the legacy we leave. And, and I don't know that people are that's been my mission, really. I think having a child was the was the catalyst for me to start thinking about legacy. But then I hit 50 and I really started thinking about what do I want to leave behind? What do I want when people say to my son, oh, your mom was Tracy Goodwin. What's the legacy that I'm leaving for him and for the world? And that is an area that that you really share a lot of great things about. That is an mm -hmm. area that I want to talk about, the value of legacy, the purpose of legacy, creating a legacy. Right. So how did legacy work become important for you? How did it come about for you? Talk to me about what that work is for you. Yeah, so legacy, it's an interesting concept because you're right. People tend not to think about it, particularly when we're young. And we were so, so busy living, right? Um, and so you said the magic number. I think for a lot of people, once they turn 50, they realize, oh my gosh, you know, I'm 50 years old and what have I done with the first half of my life? And if you're a parent, certainly legacy will be through your children 
but it's beyond just procreating. It's about the impact that we have on others. It's about uh, going back to playing your position. You know, what is my purpose? Why am I here at this point in time in human history? What am I here to contribute? Um, why does it matter? Who can it help? So a lot of these questions start rolling around in our minds. And um, the word legacy is often associated with uh, planning your will. <laughs> you yeah. Know, when <laughs> when um, I was, uh, um, you know, doing some research around legacy, it was so amazing to me how just the first whole page of Go front page of Google was about uh, articles on um, you know, estate planning and who, who are you going to leave your money to and, wow. and who's going to get what and stuff. I'm like, wow, legacy is so much bigger than that. So I started thinking about living legacy, right? Mm -hmm. How can we enjoy what we create, what we bring to the world through a living legacy? So it's not something that happens after we're gone. Certainly that's important, but it's more than that. It's why can't we enjoy our living legacy while we're here? <laughs> Yeah. You know, instead of only thinking about, well, once I'm gone, you know, I want to make sure that the grandkids get this and the kids get that. And, uh, you know, I have all my ducks in a row. I think a living legacy is an opportunity for each of us to actively participate in creating something that has meaning not only for ourselves, but for other people as well. And what that can look like is... There's a whole host of ideas uh, that, you know, are, are available. Podcasting is, is one small example of creating what I call a body of work. I'm a creative. And so my, my living legacy is part of that is my podcast. You know, every week mm -hmm. I bring to my audience conversations with amazing leaders like yourself who are doing great work in the world. And we talk about the nuances of what pursuing um, a leadership path entails. That is a contribution to my living legacy. I'm also a writer. I just uh, published my sixth book earlier this year. And it's, it's my best work to date. And it's my most personal work to date. And it's it's absolutely central to my living legacy. It's something that I get to enjoy while I'm here as other people are enjoying it as well. And, and so, you know, where to begin when you think about your living legacy comes back to um, what have you done in your life so far? What are you most proud of? What, what's still out there for you to pursue? You know, what dreams have you yet to manifest for yourself? And that can give you some clues into what a living legacy can be. Oh, so good. What would you say to someone who says, well, I don't have anything worth leaving? Mm. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, where do we even begin with that? Did that just open a Pandora's yeah, box? Yeah. You know, I'm oof. just, well, and the reason I ask that is I'm thinking about it in relation to voice. Something shocking that I hear every day is I don't really have anything to add. I don't really have anything to say that they're going to listen to. Uh, excuse me. 
So I'm going to have to challenge that. So I think just like everybody has a position, doesn't everybody have a legacy they can leave? Yes, 100%. And it, it comes back to awareness. It comes back to being willing to look at your life, to look at yourself. Um, it's being willing to get uncomfortable because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't like what you see when you look at yourself in the mm-hmm. mirror. You know, you, it's um, some people can't look themselves in the eye in their reflection. Or if they mm-hmm. do look at themselves, they're looking through themselves. They're not really looking at themselves. And all they're seeing when they're looking at themselves is all the things that they are feeling like are wrong. And I'm not just talking about the physical, you know, we mm-hmm. all have areas of our physicality that we wish were different, right? I mean, there's not a human alive who doesn't get down on themselves about something. Oh, I'm not as strong as I used to be, or I wish I were taller, thinner, uh, heavier, bigger. Uh, I wish this was that way, or that was this way. You know, it, it's just the run, it runs the gamut. Mm-hmm. And part of a live, creating a living legacy is being willing to accept that there is no such thing as perfection and that your life does matter and that you do have something to contribute. And it doesn't have to, I think, I think one of the biggest obstacles is people assume it has to be this huge thing. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, the only way I can do a living legacy is if I, you know, uh, a building is is named after me or I get a statue in my town or so, you know, my name is uh, on a street, right? Mm-hmm. We can think of, of lots of examples of those. No, a living, a living legacy can be as simple as saying, you know what? I have, I do have something to say and I'm going to start a podcast or I do have something to say. I'm going to start blogging once a week, or I do uh, I've been taking photos for the last 40 years and some of them are analog and some of them are digital. I'm going to create some scrapbooks for my children, my my grandkids, or for my town, you know, for people who've lived in the same area their whole lives. You and I, that's not true for us, Tracy, but there are a lot of people who do, believe it or not, yeah. stay in the same area and become known for something um, or they they take an interest in the history of their region or their town or, or whatnot. And mm-hmm. a, a living legacy could be as simple as becoming a volunteer in some other area that may be connected to the position, your next position. Yeah. 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 And I think part of this is stop I love what you said about acceptance. In fact, I was just talking to one of my clients this morning about acceptance. And, you know, sometimes that's not always met with what people want to hear. Well, you just need to, you need to have some acceptance around. No, I don't want acceptance around right. it. You know, that's, that's a, not necessarily the easiest thing we do. But I think a big part of it too is stop deciding what we're thinking. Stop deciding that your recipe idea or your flower idea or what you believe you want to leave, stop deciding that we've decided that it's not good enough. Exactly. That self-judgment is so oh. powerful. Oh gosh, is it, it it's it's what stops so many people before mm-hmm. they even get started. 
Right. And there they go, living in the safety of no risk, no really stepping into their purpose, no legacy. It's this giant rubber band ball. And I, (laughs) right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I know voice certainly is, but I think this plays all plays into what we're talking about right now into the other work that you do that I want to talk about for a minute. You do other work that supports your clients around, and I think these are the things that are related to voice as well. We might not think of them as related to voice, but they're related to voice, fear, uncertainty, indecision, mm-hmm. not taking, you know, I can hear that in sounds. Mm-hmm. And that is that we, we have to do, or, or maybe you tell me, maybe we don't, but do we need to do that work to then be able to really fulfill the position and really leave the legacy? Does it all work together? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And one of my mantras is just get started. Mm. You know, um, in his book, Shoe Dog, his memoir about founding Nike, uh, whether you like Nike or not, Phil Knight is one of those icons of business and entrepreneurship and vision that um, you can't argue with it. And Nike almost wasn't several times. I mean, he talks about that oh. in that book. Huh. And one of the, one of his phrases, which came out, you know, beca- became their, their mantra, you know, just do it. He used to say, whatever comes, just don't stop. Mm. And I feel like when we adopt that mindset um, and get over ourselves, the quicker mm-hmm. we can get over ourselves, the quicker we can actually get to the business of living. Um the more you just don't know, but too many people are so terrified of starting that they yeah. never start. Mm. And so, yeah, fear and, and sheer terror. Um, I'll tell you every time I've come to that edge of um, the title of my latest book is called the far unlit unknown. And I've just, I've discovered that my whole life has been defined by me stepping to the edge of the far unlit unknown and stepping out into it. Mm. And I'll tell you every time I've done it and I, I was terrified and I, I look back at every time I've done it and I go, I don't know why I was so afraid. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad happened. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still here. And look what did happen. You know, look at all the good that happened when I was willing to take that step into something I did not know. And I think that's what stops a lot of people too, is like, well, I just need to know how this is going to go down. Really? And and please, if you can bottle that up, you can become the richest <laughs> person in the world because everybody wants to know that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whether it's asking out the person that you like or starting the business or just opening up a Word document and starting to type what's in your head. Yeah. You know, it can be as simple as that, but there, we're always moving into the far unlit unknown. We're always going to have uncertainty about what it lies ahead. And I think those who choose to stay comfortable and feel like they've peaked, you know, well, this is, you know, as good as it gets to, you know, that movie, this is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. 
really? This is as good as it gets. Okay. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm just an advocate for taking some risks that are, I guess, in, and I'm, I think all risks have elements of, you know, threats and dangers and all that stuff, but just, you know, calculated risks. What's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, when my dad died at the end of November of 2021, it came unexpectedly and it thrust all of us into this new space that, that you know, my parents were both planners, mm. but <laughs> this is a big, but I asked my mother this recently, I said, mom, you know, did you and dad ever sit down and have the conversation around what would happen when you, if you went first and what would happen if he went first? And she says, no, we never did. She said, we always just assumed I would be the first to go. And there was no conversation around. I was like, wow, that's the piece about legacy that I think we all need to keep in mind is none of my dad was, he, he got sick and then boom, he was gone. Uh. There was no time to get his affairs in order. There was no, it was like he was here one day and gone the next. Uh And in the wake of that, when, you know, I was a witness, I was a witness to that Tracy. Uh It really opened my eyes to one, how fleeting life is. And two, I will not just leave behind my life in the midst of things. And let, you know, unless something tragic happens, you know, God forbid, but, um, this is why thinking about your living legacy and getting over yourself and not not mm-hmm. allowing fear to stop you mm-hmm. from trying something. Yeah. yeah. I, I really love the focus on that because, and you mentioned it earlier, something to the effect of it, none of what you thought was going to happen happened. Mm-hmm. It's all a protection mechanism. It's all, I call it lies of the mind. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, Mary Lou, I'm a I'm just a researcher and I'm just fascinated with voice and what's underneath it. And I really have come to believe, I've always believed this, but I've I've really come to believe this over the last 3 months based on the research that I'm doing right now around rejection. Surrender is what we are here to learn. Mm-hmm. And I I can only do what I'm here to do if I surrender what you think of what I'm doing. Yep. And I hear so much of that in what you're sharing with us today. Yeah. That we, we really don't have control. We do, but we don't. You, the story of your dad, he was here and he was gone. Mm-hmm. There's no control in that. No. And I think that's what one of the things we fear most is being out of control. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, we seek thrills to have that feeling of being out of control. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> been, to a, been to an amusement park lately? I mean, right. Right. Um, the mo- these most extreme roller coasters and stuff, people willingly mm-hmm. strapping themselves into cages or, or seats to experience, to, you know, to put themselves into that situation. So, it's it's an interesting uh, rail that we ride mm-hmm. between wanting to stay safe and comfortable and and what's familiar, and then the draw to that unknown, what's out there, um, 
What can I discover? And I do think that people through genetics, some people are more uh, predisposed to be higher risk takers than others, but it's a learned skill. You can learn to think differently. You just talked about it. It really has to do with our thoughts mm-hmm. and what we think about ourselves. And and then, and the self-talk is huge. Huge. I really think it's everything. It, it certainly is in my work. And mm-hmm. it's after this conversation, it feels like it very much is in yours. You've got to get past the self-talk to take the first action, to take the first step, to write the first blog, to even determine what the position is. You've got to let go of having to know everything and and having to get it right and what the expectation that the world says, we've got to let all that go. And it's that fear of that unknown, but... I say this, and I bet you say this too, 99% of what you think they're going to think or what you think is going to happen is not what's going to happen. No. It's just not. I've just got too much data at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the voice that we hear the most is our own. That's right. It's the only, it's the voice that's constant in our heads. And so I, again, through a lot of, deep work and self-study and practice and and so forth have developed ways of becoming more coming back to self-awareness, you know, Ooh, why am I yelling at myself right now? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. why am I being so mean to myself right now? Why am I thinking these thoughts that are making me feel badly right now? Where is that coming from? And mm-hmm. there's a whole host. I mean, that could be, that's a whole series of podcasts conversations, right? right? Because you start getting into paradigms and belief systems and cultural conditioning and all that. And, but I love the work that you're doing, Tracy, because you are focused on the power of voice and how we we think of using our voices in an external way. And I am so about, you said it at the beginning and you, the way you described it was beautiful. And I don't remember exactly how you said, but I'm so fascinated by the internal, the journey of the internal, the invisible, those things that are not readily seen, but are such huge forces and how we experience our one shot at this. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. It's important. And it's just the work you do is important. It is the work in in my, you know, I mean, I'm all for let's get some new leads, (laughs) but that is the work. Yeah. That's the work for those that, for those that will be ready at some point. I will just call and claim that right now. I will not say they will never be ready for it. I will not say for those that are ready to do the work because I need everybody to be ready to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they will be. I think your book sounds amazing. I forgot about the books. I knew you were an author and that title is gold. That Mm. title is everything. And Can I, I share please? With, you, with listeners the um, the framework that has evolved out of this book that honestly I didn't, you know, I didn't set out to create that. Sure. But it, I think it, it plays into everything we've said or talked about today. Um, the 
the book is, it's a collection of poems and there are four sections that I named um, different elements. And I've realized that this is such a powerful framework for thinking about taking risks, self-leadership, um, finding your purpose and and playing your position. And the four sections are, uh, I call this uh, loosely at this point within the framework, the um, the language of leadership or of self-leadership. And the first section is leaving. And in order to move forward, in order to experience any kind of growth, we have to leave behind something. It could be an old an old way of thinking. It could be a physical location because our environment is no longer serving us. It could be a job because we need to pursue the next piece. Okay, so leaving has a lot of applications. The next, the next part of this framework, the second pillar, is grieving. Because if we don't give ourselves the space and time to grieve what we just left, we're setting ourselves up for an incredible set of problems. And I can speak personally from that because after I got divorced, I didn't, I didn't address my grief and it came out years, years later in very uncomfortable and yucky ways. (laughs) Let's just put it to you that way. So that grieving process is so important when you leave something behind. And then, and that includes the way you used to think. We have to grieve. It's like, I used to be like that and I'm not anymore. And then the third pillar of this framework is loving. And this is where we have to love where we land from this process and love who we are, who we're becoming, who's in our life, what the world is like, even if circumstances don't feel ideal, still love them because they are what they are. And then the fourth pillar, Tracy, is being. And that's when we just we just be. We be in this new place and we welcome what is. And then guess what? (laughs) Eventually we're going to have to go through it again. (laughs) We're going to have to leave, grieve, love, and be. It's just, it's so, it's to me, it's what I lean on when I start feeling like I'm like, what am I doing? Oh yeah, that's right. I just, I just had to, you know, leave behind something, a dream maybe, or you know, it could be a marketing campaign. We're talking about lead gen, right? And it could be something like a part of your business that you thought was going to be the thing and it turns out not to be. You got to leave it. Just walk away. Not for you. And then you got to grieve it. And then you got to love where you're headed and where you are and then just be in that space. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it because I think it's really helpful and powerful. And um, it's what we all, you know, we what we experience over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm going to get the book today. Where do we get the book? We get it on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. Um, It's available, uh, you know, at wherever books are sold. If you, if you're not a fan of Amazon, not everybody is, you can find it on other places like Barnes and Noble and Powell's and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. We'll put the definitely put the title in the in the show notes so that people and some maybe even some links where people can go and buy it. And then social media, do we do we follow you on LinkedIn? Do we where, yes. where do we send people? LinkedIn is the best place for I, us to I, keep up. I, 
yeah, LinkedIn is where I probably spend the most time um, when it comes to, you know, conversations around this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Okay. And then we'll definitely put the link to the Play Your Position podcast. Mary Lou, this was an incredible conversation. I could talk to you all day and we're going to have to have you back on the show again for more of this goodness. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Tracy. It's been my honor. And thank you, listeners. It's another great episode and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 